If you brought your Bibles and you want to read along with us this morning, uh, I'm going to read uh, in the book of Isaiah in just a moment, but you might want to go ahead and mark 2 Kings uh, chapter 3 for just a minute, then turn over to the Isaiah chapter 55. Again, 2 Kings chapter 3, mark that place for just a moment, uh, and then turn over to the book of Isaiah chapter 55. Um, and if we get time uh, and, and, and I feel the need, we may get over to Judges chapter 7 in a minute. Uh, I have been thinking about those verses also uh, this morning, but uh, we're going to focus this morning on the book of 2 Kings uh, chapter 3, uh, but the first reading we want to read to you this morning is going to come from the book of Isaiah chapter 55, if you want to turn there. And as you're turning to those two places, I want you to think about something. Digging ditches. Now, I don't think there's anybody here this morning, if I was to ask who wants to go dig a ditch, is probably going to... One, I think there's a whole lot of willing bodies here this morning to dig ditches. But I don't think digging ditches is something that we would consider something we would want to do. Matter of fact, I think we can all go ahead and, and admit the fact this morning that digging ditches is not an easy thing to do. Matter of fact, when you come to see that God has a purpose and a plan, there's a lot of things that don't make sense to us, but we have to follow them. Which brings me to Isaiah chapter 55. And in verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. So again, we start talking about if God asks you to do something, how much does it make sense to us? Second Kings chapter 3. The armies of Judah was facing a pretty big battle and a pretty big obstacle they had in front of them. They had traveled through the deserts of Moab and they run into a problem. Problem was is that they got into a, a place where they had run out of water. Now when I say go down and dig ditches, I want to read you this verse right quick. Uh, 2 Kings 3 and verse 9. So the king of Israel went and the king of Judah and the king of Edom and they fetched a compass of seven days journey and there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. So there's a problem. So this morning, I want you to read 2 Kings chapter 3, skipping on down to the 16th verse. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. Now you see, the people had run into a problem. Now, most of us would just say, God, why don't you just send water out of the sky to feed the cattle, to give them something to drink, to give the people something they needed. So Elisha, very wisely, did the people go to Elisha and say, Elisha, we've got a problem. We're going to attack Moab. We're in a place, remind you, the setting here is in a desert. In a desert, they seek after Elisha and say, Elisha, what should we do? Well, matter of fact, the 15th verse says, he asked for you musician, and as the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. Folks, today I want you to notice that this idea and this plan of digging a ditch was not the plan of Elisha, this was the plan of God. You know what, there's one thing about seeking advice of men versus seeking the advice of God. You know, I've learned something about human beings. Sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's unintentional. 
But people will tell you 10 different ways to accomplish the things that they feel like is the way to accomplish something. But the truth is, there's only one way and that's God's way. So if you notice what he says here, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Notice who said this. Thus saith the Lord. Folks, the command was not from Elisha. The command came from God. So when I tell you to dig ditches this morning, don't go out and dig a ditch because the preacher stood up on Sunday morning and said dig a ditch. You dig a ditch because that's what God said to do. Folks, our, our lives are filled with opinions and ideas of how to do all these things and ways and methods. But the truth is, how many of us can say, thus saith the Lord. Notice what he told him to do. Make this valley full of ditches. Folks, if we want our problems solved in life, we must submit to the plans and the commands of God. If we want to see our lives to be, over, to be able to overcome the obstacles we have in our life, we must submit to the commands of God. If God tells you to go dig a ditch, are you going to A, send somebody else, or two, say, God, can we negotiate this and try something different? If God says to do something, I'm going to concede it's not an easy thing to do. And the truth is, why would you dig a ditch in a desert? You see, His ways are not our ways. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense what God tells us to do or commands us to do. But He tells them, He says, make this valley full of ditches. Folks, God has given us plenty of commands in our lives of things we should do. What is it that God wants you to do? And that's the beauty of what we do here this morning. There is not one person that's going to come here this morning and tell you this is what God is telling you to do. For the truth is, only you know what God is telling you to do. We know what God's Word says and God's Word tells us to do. And sometimes, thus saith the Lord. He said, make this valley full of ditches. But let me ask you this. If these people were facing an obstacle and they were run out of water... How long did they need to wait to go dig a ditch? How long? Do you think they needed to ration this out and say, well, let's just wait and see if we can make some natural means to happen in the next week or two. I believe that when God says go dig a ditch, He means go dig a ditch now. We already heard this morning people talk about it in, in, in prayer requests and the desires of people is, folks, if God's dealing with your life, the last thing we need to do is put it off. If God says to dig a ditch, that is the time to dig a ditch. I've seen God work in services where maybe the preacher got put on pause or people would begin to seek after the Lord or they would do whatever's on their heart. Why? For when God says to go fill this valley full of ditches, there's no time to waste. It's time for us to get up and go to work and dig those ditches. This morning I ask you, is the Lord saying to you, He says, make this valley full of ditches. Now, not only were these people in a desert they were tired and they were thirsty you know what I'm going to admit to you there's it's easier to dig a ditch when you've had a good night's rest you've had a good meal and you are filled up let me tell you something if God tells you to go dig a ditch and you're tired and you're thirsty you might tell God thanks but no thanks I think I'll do it another time when it's more convenient folks you know what I've learned about God is that he works at a time when we are tired 
God works and He gives us strength at a time when we feel like we cannot go on anymore. If God tells you to go dig a ditch and you're tired and you're thirsty, would you go dig a ditch? Would you ask God for the strength to dig a ditch? And He says, make this valley full of ditches. Let me ask you a very personal question. What does procrastination get us in our life? It may get the job done, yes. I'm, I'm probably one of the best at putting things off. But how easy is it for us to put things off? Lord, I'll seek after you a little later this afternoon when I can get home and I don't interrupt the lives of people. Maybe you might say, Lord, I will be a witness for you and testify to you or I'll dig a ditch for you, but let me get away from everybody else to a more convenient time in the day. Truth is, folks, that the only convenient time is, thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Folks, I believe that it's time, and it's time now, for us to dig ditches. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know this. No matter what desert it is that you are in right now, if you'll simply dig those ditches, God will go to work. And I'm going to read you some more verses here in just a minute. For you see what? We don't always like to admit this. But there has to be some preparation on our end before God can work. We want God to work without the preparation. If God says, go dig a ditch, are you going to dig a ditch? Or are you going to say, God, why don't you cause a ditch? You know what? If enough rain happens, especially on dry ground, we know what irrigation will do, don't you? Irrigation finally starts cutting a ditch. So why can't God just create a ditch so that there's water could find a place? Why couldn't it? And second of all, that makes absolutely no sense that you would dig a ditch out in the middle of a desert. But God said do that. Is anybody here this morning besides me that God's asked you to do things that just absolutely do not make sense? God, why? Why would I do that? That doesn't make a lot of sense. That, that, that doesn't seem right. When God says, make this valley full of ditches. Not only were they tired and they were thirsty, they were going to go out into the desert and they were going to dig a ditch. Now for some people they may think that doesn't seem very appropriate. And we're going to see maybe just a minute in the Judges chapter 7 that you know how Gideon and his army of 300 men defeated the Midianites. It probably wasn't the most tactical way to do that. But you know what? It was a way that was designed by God. Folks, you know what I love about God's ways? His ways are above our ways. They don't have to make sense. They don't have to equal anything. They all have to come to faith. Faith and believing that these things are going to happen. He said, make this valley full of ditches. Do you think for a minute this morning that there's something that God requires on our part? Before we can receive the blessings of God, before our problems are solved, before that God can come on the scene and rescue us and provide what it is, do you think that there's anything we must do on our own? Absolutely do I believe in that. You're not going to get just saved by, by not seeking after the Lord. I believe there's something that we have to do towards Him. And that's why he says, he says, you need to make this valley and you need to make it full of ditches. I am a believer this morning that there are things, let me rephrase this again. I do believe this morning that God does the things that we cannot do for ourselves. But do you think there's things in our life that God wants us to do? Sure, absolutely, we believe in that. You've heard me say before, do I believe that God can just turn these light bulbs on and all of a sudden we get electricity? Yes. But you know what? We can flip a switch. But you know what? None of us can make that sun to rise and the sun to set. That's God's business. Folks, there's some things in life. Let's go ahead and concede. 
we can do it. There's things in our life that we have the ability to do, but yet there's things that God cannot do. Name me something. I don't mean just one thing. Name me many things because we're going to talk about this in a minute. It's not just ditch. Singular ditch is. But name me things in your life that you cannot handle, but you trusted God to do. Or maybe I should ask it like this. Name me the things in your life that you have dug the ditches so God can take care of. When God tells us to go out and dig the ditches, right in the middle of a desert doesn't make a lot of sense. And he said, make this valley full of ditches. I want to look at the part where that is plural, not singular. This morning, I'm going to kind of get personal and get in your business for a minute. But I have a sneaky suspicion there was not one person that came in either those doors or this door. This morning, then you only had one problem that you needed to take care of by God. I truly am believing this morning that we all came in here with multiple things we need. If you're here and you need to get saved, guess what? That's the biggest thing in your life. But I believe there's other things that God can and will take care of. But you got to get that right first. But how many times has God told us to go out here and to dig a ditch? Whereas here He says, make this valley <coughs> full of ditches. How long do you think it was going to take to go out and dig these ditches? I don't know. I don't have the measurements. don't know the exact dimensions of these ditches. But I believe that God was testing their sincerity. Okay, I'll dig a ditch. Dig something about a foot long. Say, okay, God, here I am. I've done my part. And you know what? They didn't take a lot of dedication. Didn't take a lot of uh, commitment. They just simply said, okay, I did our part. Folks, today, if we want God to take care of the things in our life, or if we want to receive the blessings of God, we must be committed to Him. I want to ask you something this morning. I ask a lot of questions, I know. What would you define as being committed What's, what's commitment mean to you? Are we committed, meaning that we're willing to sacrifice a little bit? Or a true deep commitment means no matter what it takes, I'm going to do. Folks, fully committed unto God means no reservations, no limits. Whatever it takes, that's what we are going to do. If God says to dig a ditch, are you going to go out and dig something? A foot and say, well, God, I did my part. Why don't you give me yours and say, uh, okay, let me receive these blessings. Are we going to dig ditch after ditch after ditch and keep on digging and keep on digging and keep on digging until God would send what it is we stand in need of? And that's why he says... He says, make this valley full of ditches. You see, God wanted them to be committed. God wanted them to be de dedicated and determined that they were going to receive the blessings of God. Let me ask you something today. How, how easy is it for us? I don't know if that's the word I should use. But how tempting is it for us to say, Lord, let's do this the easy way. Don't make me go out here in the heat of the desert or in a, in a, in a hot way, in a tired way. I've already gone through enough, Lord. Can we find some other way that I can receive these blessings? For remember what I read to you there uh, in the very beginning there uh, in that ninth verse where it says, And there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. For when they started to do this, they wanted to realize is that they needed the blessings of God. So he says, Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. But here's what I wanted to get to this morning. Isaiah says that the Lord's ways are so much higher than our ways. Does it make any sense to go out here and dig a ditch in a desert? Folks, you know what faith is? 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know what, today when we, God says go out and, and, and to dig a ditch, we have to believe and trust and have faith that God has a purpose in that. That's why He says, go out here and do, the, He says, make this valley full of ditches. God does not ask us to understand them. God does not ask us to, do, uh, to, to, to be able to explain them. God says we must trust them. But let me look for just a minute. In the book of Judges chapter 7, if you, if you mark that place, if you didn't, you can turn back there now or we'll read there in just a minute. But I want to turn back to Judges chapter 7 for just a minute. For seven years, matter of fact, I'll even say seven long years, the Midianites had been trying to uh, assault upon the Israeli army and they were causing some disruptions. So all of a sudden, God is going to give them some commandments. Gideon is. He said, I want you to take your 300 men and I want you to go up on this mountain and they're going to attack their enemies that are down in a valley. Let me ask you this. Spiritually speaking, it's easier to attack when we're up on a mountain versus down in a valley. But here's how they're going to defeat this army. He says they're going to take their pitchers or their lamps, 300 people. He said they're going to divide up, I believe it was on the north, the south, and to the west. They were going to leave, I believe it was the east side open. And they said, what we're going to do is we're going to make a U-shaped on this valley here. We're going to take our lamps. We're going to throw them down and we're going to shout. We're going to, we're going to sound a trumpet and they're going to shout the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And these people that were down in the valley, they were going to try to realize is that how are they going to beat these? How are they going to defeat these people that are down in the valley that outnumbers them? He said, how are they going to do that? And the thing is, that doesn't seem like a very logical way to defeat an enemy by sounding a ram's horn and throwing down a pitcher. But that's what God said. For Judges chapter 7, and let me read verse 16. And he divided the three companies, three, excuse me, the 300 men into three companies and put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. So here it is. You got a hundred people on each one. You got three areas spread out through there, but they're going to make them run to the east. When I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that I, uh, as I do, so shall you do. When I blow with the trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also. They used a ram's horn which usually was a sign or symbol of about to go to battle. So that's what they were about to do. He says, I want you to do that. He says, on every side of the camp. He says, but you can't just sound the horn. He said, you've got to say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. That doesn't sound like a very good way to win a battle is to wake your enemy up. Why don't you just go in and catch them while they're asleep and overcome them, catch them unaware? He said, that's not what you're supposed to do. So Gideon, verse 19 says this, So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came into the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle of the watch, and they had put newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hand. So you know what the others did? And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their hands, and the trumpets in the right hand to blow with them. And they cried the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. You see, Gideon equipped his soldiers with something you would not think is what a warrior would take. Let me ask you this. If you were to tell a warrior today what they needed to go to battle, what are you going to say? 
They're going to need some kind of a sword or some kind of a uh, some kind of a, uh, ammunition that they can fire against the enemy. They're going to try to think of ways that they can be more powerful. If I tell you that as a soldier, you're going to battle with a pitcher and a ram's horn, you're going to think that's not, that, that's not what you need. But notice what he said here. He says, I want you to go and when I blow the trumpet and all that were with me blow the trumpet on every side of the camp and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Now these things do not seem what we would call normal things. But let me pause for just a minute. Let me turn over the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 for just a minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let me read you if I may for just a minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and in verse 27. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Notice what he's talking about here, that God is not going to take what we would call normal things. He's going to work in a way that only he can. But they would take these lanterns and they was going to break them. Now you may think that that's wasted, but that's not what he did. So verse 20 in Judges chapter 7, And the three companies blew their trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps uh, in their hand and the trumpets in their right hand. And as they began to blow, they had to finish up by saying, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. You see, these people heard something they didn't want to hear. They didn't want to hear about Gideon, but they also didn't want to hear about the Lord, but that's exactly what they got to hear. You see, today when God tells us to go out and dig ditches, there's a reason and there's a purpose behind that. God is trying to help us to overcome something in our life. And you know what that something is, I don't. But the thing about it is, is that no matter what it is we have in our life, no matter what it is that we, we are fighting against, no matter what it is that we battle against, God desires that we might be victorious in that. And that's why in 2 Kings chapter 3, that God tells them, He says, okay, you've gone into a desert. He says, go out here and dig the ditches. But let's, let's skip on down just a little bit more if you save your spot there. In 2 Kings chapter 7, excuse me, 2 Kings chapter 3, <coughs> Skip down to the 17th verse. For thus saith the Lord, ye shall not see wind. In other words, the power is going to happen that cannot be seen. Neither shall you see the rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water. He said, you're, you know how it blows up a storm? He said, you're not going to see the wind. He said, you're not going to see the rain. He said, but your problems are fixing to be taken care of by something you cannot see. Folks, does that make you want to say hallelujah this morning? That God can take care of us with something that cannot be seen with our eyes? You know what? Your needs this morning can be met with something that you cannot see. The Holy Spirit of God is not seen by the natural eye, but He is definitely felt by the soul of a man. He says, once you dig these ditches, again, when we talk about going out here digging ditches, He says, Yet that valley shall be filled with water that ye may drink. He said, both ye and your cattle and your beast. He said, I'm going to give you what you need. But the preparation has to be on your part. Are you going out here and digging the ditches? Are you going out here and preparing these things? And he said, and when you do, he said, uh, you're going to obtain these blessings from the Lord. But notice what he said in the 18th verse. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites... 
also into your hand. You know what, folks? The, the problem was they were going to fight against the Moabites. They were in a desert. They run out of water that we've already read to you earlier in the very beginning of this chapter. They run out of water. Now all of a sudden, God's telling them how to take care of the water. He says, once you do that, He says, you're going to be able to overcome your enemy. You know what the water always, or not always, often represents, particularly in the Old Testament, is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. How many people today need a good dose of the Spirit of God? But in order to do that, they have to have a vessel that's willing. For a matter of fact... This same concept transitions over to 2 Kings chapter 4. For there's a Shumanite woman that was in distress. And Elisha tells her, he says, you need to go gather the vessels. He says, more particularly, he says, empty vessels. Folks, today, how many of us have emptied ourselves of all the things in the world and say, God, fill us up? God, here's my ditches this morning. I came to Shiloh. I came to church this morning. I have been digging my ditches. I'm tired. I'm thirsty. I've worked as hard as I can, Lord. Please, would you fill my ditches? He said, you know what? Not only am I going to fill your ditches, he said, I'm going to let you win the battle. You know what today, folks? I'm glad to know that we are a victorious people. We can arise this morning and say, thank you, Lord, that not only are you going to give us the water, you're going to give us the victory over our enemy. And you know what? God can supply your needs today. He can supply them tomorrow. But it must be important for us to see that we need to be submissive and go out here and dig those ditches. And he said, uh, and this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He said, digging the ditches, he said, filling that water, he said, that's no problem. He said, I can do the small things, he said, but I can do the big things too. He said, I can take care of the Moabites for you. You know what, this morning, we've all got nagging things in our life. We've all got little things that, that, that are big problems. You know, it's, it's not the, there's a saying they use sometimes, it's not the boulders that wear you down, it's the grain of sand in your shoe. Uh, sometimes it's the little things that just keep nagging and nagging and nagging. You know what I love about God is, He can take care of the boulders, He can take care of the nagging things. God can take care of all things, but we all must be submissive to him. He said, he said, sure. He said, I can do that. He said, just go out here and it came to pass. Uh, excuse me. But a light thing in the sight of the Lord and he will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. There's something I want you to take note of before we close in just a minute. He didn't just say, go out and dig a ditch. Once you dig a ditch, I'm going to fill it full of water. While you're freshening up, I'm going to go out here and I'm just going to Lay the Moabites over for you. He said, no. He said, I'm going to put the Moabites right into your hand. You're going to defeat them. But it's going to be because of me. I have a feeling we all have Moabites in our life. That we fought against. We got tired. We run a little dry. And the Lord says, don't forget about the Moabites. But go out here and dig your ditches. We're going to defeat the Moabites, but go out here and dig your ditches. Sometimes we get so focused on that, God says, go out and dig your ditches. Get your relationship with me right. Strengthen your relationship. Make it what it should be. And when we do, God said, He says, You shall see the, not see the rain, He said, Yet the valley shall be filled with water that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beast. Jeremiah chapter 11. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. 
He says, to give unto you an expected end. Do you know what God means when he, what Jeremiah tells about that God has an expected end for you? That means God has a victory for you, but are you going to do what you need to do to do it? Sure, God's going to fill your ditches. God's going to help you to overcome the Moabites. But are you going to dig the ditch to give God something to fill up? So this morning when you come into the church house of God, have you been stripped of things that you need to leave behind? Let me tell you something. I don't know about you, but there's a whole lot of things that go on out in that world right there that fill your heart up with worldly things instead of godly things. God said, remove those things. Dig your ditches. Let's get the irrigation right. Let's get the flow of water the way it should be. And he says, and before you know it, he said, the ditches are going to be filled. He said, all of a sudden, you're going to be filled with those things. And he said, and then he said, we're going to go out here and we're going to fight against the Moabites. And he said, and he will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. God wants to give us an expected end. But sometimes it's, it's the most simple things that God's asking us to do. When God told Naaman, or excuse me, when, when Naaman was told to go dip seven times in the river of Jordan, why didn't he go to some physician or try some medicine that would get rid of his leprosy? He said, you need to go dip in the river of Jordan seven times. Sometimes God's ways are much different than ours, but we must do them. For notice what Isaiah 55th chapter and 8th verse said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. This morning, I, I know this, I conclude this, it's, it's understood. We all have battles in our life this morning. But here's the thing, God's given you the tools, you need to dig the ditches. And I pray this morning, in this church house, in this worship service, you'll dig a ditch, or you'll dig ditches for the Lord so that He can bless you in His life. I can tell you this, I've never emptied a vessel that God wouldn't fill up. I've never dug a ditch that God would not be able to fill full of water. There's never been a time I could claim completely obedient and dipped seven times that God didn't take the problem away. You know, when He told the disciples to forsake all and to follow after Him, doesn't seem like it's a very natural way to do things. But you know what? It's all about trusting and believing in God. So this morning, is God asking you to dig ditches? If he is, I know you're tired, I know you're thirsty, I know you're, you're, you're weary, but I pray that God will give you the strength you need to dig those ditches for him. I want us to get a song this morning if we could. Brother Larry, if you'll get a song. You need to dig a ditch this morning? As we stand together and sing this song.